1: This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Weiner. Now we want to look at the opposition to the progressive candidates in the Democratic primaries, the candidates who are challenging Bernie and Elizabeth Warren. There are a lot, of course, but at the top of the list, we have Beto. For comment, we turn to Harold Meyerson. Of course, he's executive editor of the American Prospect and a regular contributor to the LA Times op-ed page. Harold, welcome back.
0: Always good to be here, John.
1: Well, I thought the prospect made an excellent point this morning in Robert Kuttner's post about Beto. He said, this party, the Democratic Party, has had far too many young charismatic leaders who were campaigning on a smile and a shoe shine, and putting off deciding where they, what they stood for until later. Such candidates are ready-made to be the candidates of Wall Street, close quote. I wonder if that's your view of Beto.
0: Well, to a large degree, yes. And later today, we put up a, uh, something of a scoop by David Dayan, pointing out how a Wall Street guy whose hedge fund is one of the vulture funds destroying Puerto Rico just made a sizable contribution to Beto. When you're a tabula rasa, uh, a lot of Wall Street thinks they can, uh, you know, write on you, that you're the, you're the blank slate on which they can inscribe uh, their desires, their wishes, forbidden fantasies and and, and whatnot, which then gets the whole rest of the country into trouble. So uh, I do think that's the case. I don't know that necessarily the bright young thing alternative has to be a grumpy old man, but (laughs) the way this election is shaping up, it may turn out that way.
1: Well, the latest polls show Beto in fourth place. Joe Biden and Bernie tied for first with 26% in the new Emerson poll. Kamala Harris at 12, Beto at 11, Elizabeth Warren at Beto made a big splash when he announced raising money not from hedge fund vulture capitalists, but in small contributions, the total that he raised in the 24 hours after he announced – was more than anybody, including Bernie. Beto raised 6.1 million in the first 24 hours. Bernie had raised 5.9 million, and of course that makes Beto a serious candidate right there. What do you make of those numbers?
0: He was phenomenally successful raising uh, uh, dollars in small amounts digitally during his Senate campaign, and he still has that, you know, uh, th- that list. Uh, and that connection. So I, I suspect that was largely the people who fell in love with him when he was running against Ted Cruz. Some portion of them funding him right away when he threw his hat in the ring. I think that's probably what that was. What it's it, it's not yeah, an interesting question to which no one has yet provided an answer to. Has gone through the uh, the, the contributions is is whether how how much of that six point one million comes from a new donors. One of the things we know about Bernie's support is someone has done that since this is already, you know, a month or two ago. And so someone has called the records of Bernie contributors and found out that a lot of them are first timers. They're not just people hmm. who gave to him in the twenty seven dollar average of twenty sixteen. These are some new folks. So it would be interesting to see when someone does this same kind of deep dive into Beto whether that's uh, that's the case or this is entirely the people who were giving to him when he was running against Ted Cruz.
1: Well, the New York Times recently did a deep dive into Beto's vote in the Texas Senate campaign, and they concluded, this is the, the upshot at the New York Times, that Beto's strength in the Senate race in Texas came almost exclusively from white voters. Those of us thought who he had gotten an exceptional turnout among Hispanic voters are wrong, according to the New York Times. He won basically by winning over whites who had voted for Republicans and who voted for Republicans in races other than the Senate. But it's not the vision that we have of the future Democratic electorate being more Latino, more multicultural.
0: Certainly not in Texas. I mean, first of all, Texas has been moving towards being a purple state for some
1: time now. I
0: mean, Hillary only lost it by eight points, uh, which was a a smaller margin than uh, Obama had lost Texas by so uh, Texas is moving anyway, and yes, Nate Cullen in, in the Upshot did uh, run the numbers and, and find that Beto pretty much underperformed uh, with Latino Texas, and that if he had done as well in Latino Texas in turning out the vote, indeed, even if, as as Hillary had done, uh, he he might well have won. So, yeah, that that's a myth that shattered, and you know some of the reports on Beto there've been some deep dives into his background uh, the, the prospected one by, uh, by Chris Hooks. There's been, uh, you know, others in the New York times and the wall street journal, and certainly a relatively centrist Democrat emerges with, uh, deep pockets of Republican support in Texas, largely people, uh, who have connections to his father-in-law, who was leading Republican businessman in, uh, in El Paso. And, uh, someone who has profoundly uh, helped Beto's career.
1: Well, Beto has taken stands on some issues. Let me just run down his more progressive positions uh, and ask which of these you think are the most significant. He supports the abolition of for-profit private prisons. He supports a ban on assault weapons. He supports the elimination of uh, bail, he has criticized Trump's border wall very strongly
0: you have to do that if you're in El Paso the yeah. Republican member of Congress who represents a border district in te- Texas also opposes the wall you
1: know, the, I mean, the, be, yeah that's a yeah. good that's a good point he um, during the Senate campaign he he called for the impeachment of President uh, Trump it's not clear he's going to make that an important part of his presidential campaign. He supported the minimum wage of $15. He supported not exactly Medicare for all, but a more, let's call it moderate proposal to allow anyone who wants to enroll in a insurance plan like Medicare. Uh he opposes the death penalty. So these are these are kind of uh liberal positions, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, and, and I think they're the positions that are pretty much at the epicenter of where the Democratic Party is right now. And I would suspect that, that he will, you know, largely try to do that and bridge the gap between the the center left and the left in the Democratic Party. He's sufficiently unformed that he, he can, he can do that so long as he isn't uh, compelled by uh, questioners to get too specific. And so far, he has managed to avoid specificity while on the campaign trail. So we shall, we shall see where this goes. There are many debates which uh, which loom, uh, you know, in the weeks and months ahead.
1: And what's your understanding of why he did so well with white voters in the Texas Senate race, especially college-educated white voters? He did. Better than Hillary had done, better than Obama had done. Still not a lot. He got, I think, thirty-three percent of the votes of college-educated whites in Texas. This is again according oh, but to. This
0: is this is this is true of every Democrat running in twenty eighteen. They all did better with college-educated whites because a relatively large share of college-educated whites are completely revolted by Trump. Yeah, and and this is a pattern that is, is discernible, you know, in every election in the country. So <laughs> I, I think this is more a question of when he was running, 2018, and the, uh, the fact that Trump has uh, pushed the Republican Party to a place where a lot of college-educated whites who have some, you know, respect for empiricism and things like that, just uh, aren't willing to go. So, I, I, I mean, I, I think that's a statement as much about 2018 as it is about Beto himself, which is not to say he wasn't, you know, a, a, a pretty pretty darn good candidate for Texas. But uh, as I said, Texas is moving, uh, and as the uh, Upshot pointed out, Texas is moving anyway, and uh, he uh, Beto was not able to fully take advantage of
1: that. Yeah, in fact, according to the Upshot, Beto fared worse than Hillary or. Obama four years before that, in many of the state's heavily Hispanic areas, particularly in South Texas, that's actually kind of alarming, don't you think?
0: Uh, I do, and uh, the uh, the story that we put up on the Prospect website about Beto pointed out that he was uh, in a, in a in real battle with the Latino Barrio in El Paso, so Beto against the Barrio, over the pre-development uh, the plan, which would have... Leveled uh, some of the barrios, and 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 so it's uh, you know it, it, there's, there's a real uh, there's a real issue there, and and then I don't know that the the kind of get out the vote effort that was made in presidential campaigns was made in uh, in in some of the uh, the Rio Grande Valley and other heavily Latino parts of Texas uh, during during
1: 2018. Another factor explaining Beto's. Relatively good performance in Texas is that he was running against Ted Cruz, one of the most unappealing people in the American political landscape this year, or, or really any other year. Of course, Trump is one of the most unappealing political candidates of any of any year. That's
0: true, but Trump has a really strong following, although uh, it is not, let us hope, a, a majority. I mean, the polling ship doesn't show that. Ted Cruz is not the kind of personality. Who I think evokes strong personal favor- favorability uh, with, with just about anybody. I mean, Texas is a right wing state in many ways still, and, and he's an exceedingly right wing guy, but I don't think there's uh, the intensity of support for Cruz uh, in the right that there, there is for Trump.
1: Harold Meyerson, read him at the American prospect at Thank you, Harold. Always great to have you on the show.
0: Always great to be here, John.